Welcome to the Mobilized Podcast. We equip Christ followers to boldly and courageously live mobilized in their faith, purpose, and life. Let's join James and Nicole. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Mobilized Podcast. I'm excited to be here. I'm here with the lovely, brilliant, and my podcast partner, Nicole Chavez. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that lovely introduction. (laughs) Hey, it's my pleasure. If I can get one thing right today, it's going to be that. (laughs) And that's your one thing. (laughs) (laughs) And this is fun because we uh, decided to do this podcast together, and as Nicole was teasing a little bit before we started doing this podcast episode that this might document some proof that we can actually work together. Absolutely. Not just work together, but two preachers, one message. Seriously, that's like a whole other level of working mm-hmm. together. Yeah. You know, it, it is a lot of fun, but the, we are only two podcasts in, so the jury's still out. The jury's out still. <laughs> Let's see how long we can hang with this. Yeah. But it is uh, a really, it's, a, it's an honor and a pleasure. And I want to thank all of you that already have tuned in. We've had a lot of people like and share and start to follow this podcast that already weren't before. Mm-hmm. And um, we're, we're honored. We're humbled that you would uh, come along on this journey with us. And if you recall, last episode was episode 27. Nicole and I really talked about what drives us to do this, why we're in ministry, and why we're so passionate about helping you be a more devoted follower of Christ, and why Mobilized was the name of our ministry, and why everything we do is going to lead you to be mobilized in your faith, purpose, and in life. And so if you missed that episode, just go back, give it a quick listen, uh, stay caught up, and I hope you'll get something out of it. But this week, we thought we would dive in and peel back some of those layers about how to live mobilized in our faith. And I don't know if you know this, but there are 7.9 billion people living on planet Earth. This crazy rock floating through space, there's almost 8 billion people. But out of those 7.9 billion people, there are only 2.5 billion of us that are Christians. I don't know if you knew that, and I don't know if you can do the quick math, but that's not even half. So we still have a little ways to go, right? So let's start with defining what a Christian is, and then we'll talk about how we can live mobilized in our faith. Because we really use those interchangeably, right? We say we're people of faith. We want to share our faith. And so we use faith as really that word. And so in this context, we're going to talk more about it that way than faith in terms of the the belief of things unseen. So just to kind of set the stage for what we're talking about. So let's refresh on what mobilized means. It means to assemble and be ready for action. If you remember that from last episode, to assemble and be ready for action. Every time I say that, I really feel like, Nicole, we should have like a theme song, like uh, the Avengers. Right. right? I know. I, I think agree. that would be awesome. Like, dun, dun. I don't know. I got to think about that. I start <laughs> no capes, composing. No, no capes. No capes. Yeah, yeah. If you watch The Incredibles, right. that can lead to your demise. So what does it mean to be a Christian? Webster's Dictionary says this, one who professes belief in the teachings of Jesus Christ. Cambridge Dictionary, it defines it this way, of or belonging to the religion based on the teachings of Jesus Christ, used to describe a person or action that's good, kind, helpful, etc., well, I got to stop right there. No mm-hmm. wonder people are confused, right? right? I'm right? confused just reading that, and I stop and think about the Christians I know in my life. I'm wondering how many of us fit that description. Exactly, and if you're just Googling it, <laughs> and that's what comes up, you're like, what? I got this. Yeah. I'm a good person. Or um, I'm not, so maybe I'm, I'm not. 
Maybe I'm not a Christian then. <laughs> but that can lead to a lot of confusion. Right. So let's go to the Bible. That's a great place to get clarification, even more so than Cambridge or Webster's right. Dictionary, right? Yeah. So the Bible gives us a clear definition in Romans chapter 10. Really, verse 9 and 10, I think, really unpacks this a little bit and is a good place to start. Um, it really has nothing to do with belonging to a religion. We say that all the time, right? It's more relationship than religion or even following the teachings of Jesus. Because a lot of people will even say that he was a prophet or a good teacher, but we know he's more than that. You have to believe he's the son of God. He is God. He's not just a good teacher. Not even being good or kind or helpful qualifies you as being a Christian. And we know that. There's only one way and only one way to become a Christian, right? Right. And it's clear in the Bible. It tells us, lays it out clearly in Romans, like James said, 10, 9, and 10. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Mm -hmm. It's an incredible scripture, Mm -hmm. and it is self-explanatory, but there's always, always so much more when you take time to dig into the scripture and read it to understand it, not not just to grasp some of what it's saying, Mm -hmm. but to really understand what it's saying. If you've been listening for any length of time, you know I love to dig deep. I want to know how it was said in the original version. I want to know what the best scholars in the world have to say about this because I want to completely understand it. And just so you know, before Nicole goes on, I'm going to digress from being spiritual, but that's who she is in every aspect of her life. She digs deep, okay? I can't get away with saying, uh, my day was fine. How was your day? It was fine. No, she's no. going to dig deep. She's a miner, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she's going to figure out every layer. And I gotta, I gotta peel it back. I gotta give every explanation. I gotta give the highlights. I gotta give the recaps. And that's what I love about Nicole: the way she approaches Scripture. She doesn't take that cursory, that superficial kind of gloss over version of it. She'll take it and then she'll do a deep dive and she really wants to understand the content. Just like when she asks me those questions, it's not Mm -hmm. to interrogate me for interrogation's sake. It's to know my heart. It's to do life with me. It's to journey alongside me. And that's what she's doing with Christ. She's peeling back the layers to have relationship, to understand God, his heart, his character, to do life with him. So that's how she approaches it. That's what all our Bible studies, that's what the the stuff, the content, Mobilize Her, that's coming later this year is going to be about. You watch her lives, that she connects groups. All of the resources that Nicole puts into place are from that perspective of diving deeper to understand more, to have relationship and do life together with God. And I absolutely love and admire it. So continue. (laughs) Thank you, my love. Well, here's what I've learned. Scripture in itself, just reading it is phenomenal, right? Yeah. There's just so much in it. But when you study it, when you peel back the layers, you realize it's so much better. Mm -hmm. It is so much better than we even know. And growing up in church, growing up in Christian school, I memorized a lot of scripture. I know a lot of scripture. I've read the Bible a few times through. And and it's easy to see the scripture and just kind of be like, okay, that's cool. And have this like little minor understanding what's happening, but I always say the scripture is like a cloud. You try to grab it and it just goes right through your fingers. Mm -hmm. You don't quite have a full understanding of what it's saying. And so I love bringing out new gems of truth Mm -hmm. as well as old from the scripture because it's powerful and it's incredible. And you get to see more of the heart of God when you do that. So that's what we're going to do today. 
Love it. Let's look at it. It says, if you declare. So what does that even mean? We don't even use that word anymore, do we? I declare. Oh, it's like. <laughs> Michael Scott <laughs> Michael on the Scott, office. <laughs> I declare bankruptcy. You can't just declare it. <laughs> you can't just say it. You can't just say it. So if you declare, that means you confess. That means you acknowledge that you have a covenant, that you make a covenant. If you declare with your mouth. Now, what does that mean, your mouth? It means speech. You actually have to say it mm. out loud. Speech, if it's not said out loud, it's just a thought, right? It stays So it's inside. not like when I want to think about doing a nice thing for you, I actually have to say the nice thing or do, do the, the nice, nice thing. thing. That's exactly right. Mm. It's an action step. It's mm. not just something you think about. So you say it with your mouth, which is speech. Jesus is Lord. Now that seems like a pretty simple thing to do. Jesus is Lord. We all say that. We kind of use it. Um, without even thinking anymore, right? Mm -hmm. But what that actually means is supreme in authority. Wow. Yeah, and it means controller. It means master of. Mm. How incredible. So what it's saying is here, you have to acknowledge, you have to walk into this covenant with God, declaring with your mouth, saying, you are in control. You are the master. You are the supreme in authority. Mm. And when you call him supreme in authority, you're actually giving up your own authority. Mm -hmm. That's what that declaration is. And that's why it's so important to say out loud, because here's the other cool thing, just a little side note, <laughs> is the enemy can't read our mind. Mm. He can only hear our words. And when we make that declaration, it's just not for those who are hearing, but it's for the enemy to hear as well. Yeah. You are choosing a side. Wow. You are saying, you're telling him, I am under the protection of God now. I am under the supreme in authority, even over him. Wow, it's not that. just this small statement. Mm -hmm. It's huge. It's yeah. huge. So Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart. I believe is is that, that other word that's kind of like a cloud, right? Can't really, really understand what it says. And at the end of the day, it just means trust, mm. which then is faith, which then is faith. So it's if you believe in your heart, Another word. I'm telling you these words. We, we say our heart all the time, like, I yeah. love you with my whole heart. And what we're saying is with our entire being, what mm -hmm. it means here is our thoughts, our feelings, everything that's within us is trusting that God raised him from the dead. You mm -hmm. will be saved. Now, that word raised is powerful. It is powerful. It means to awaken, to rouse. Mm. How cool is that? Because That's we know awesome. Jesus defeated death. Yeah. So death is no longer final, which means it's like asleep. Mm. And God didn't raise him from the dead. He woke him up. <laughs> he woke him up. And then it says you will be saved. Saved, healed, to preserve, to deliver, to protect. Mm. How incredible is that word? Then verse 10 for it is with your heart, again, your thoughts, your feelings, your entire being, that you believe that you have faith and you trust and are justified, justified. Mm. I, That's I, another fun word. Right? Yeah. What does that even mean? When I, I've read this a million times. I know this scripture inside and out, but I've kind of just like went right over that word mm -hmm. because it's like, eh, I don't really know what that means. So I'm just going to believe that it's a good thing and move on. <laughs> sounds right? like a holy word it for the clergy. It sounds big and, and people who know things know it and people who don't, <laughs> don't, right? It means sins are pardoned. Mm. Sins are pardoned. And it is with your mouth, again, 
we have to say this out loud, that you profess your faith and are saved. Profess your faith and are saved. You're rescued. The The New King James Version actually says, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Mm-hmm. And salvation means rescued, means safety. How incredibly powerful is this scripture? That's incredible. It is powerful. Um, so let's let's kind of sum it up, that verse 9 a little bit. I, I see maybe uh, three or four points that we can really kind of grab hold of. Mm-hmm. That first thing you talked about was confess. you got to right. confess with your mouth. And I love that you brought the enemy into it. Not that I love the enemy, right. but you, you've taught for so many years. You, you have to know your God, but you have to know your enemy That's as well. Right. And yep. he's listening, mm-hmm. and he's waiting to see what team you're going to pledge allegiance to. Mm-hmm. And we're declaring it. We're picking a side, and that's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so audibly, out loud, you got to acknowledge this covenant with God. Uh, and that's a big first important step. And so really a lot of this is going to help solidify things in your mind, but it's going to help you navigate how to lead someone else to the point that maybe you've already found. Um, the second thing that I really saw from this was that you have to believe that Jesus is Lord. Believe it in your heart, right? Your, your heart of heart, not just this um, organ, this vessel that pumps blood through your body, but with your whole being, um, your, your feelings, your thoughts, uh, and overall being fully Im- immersed in this trust and believing that Jesus is the supreme authority, the master and the controller of all. He's not just a good prophet, a good teacher with good principles, but he's the only way, and I believe it. He is supreme in my life, Mm -hmm. nothing else equal to. Uh, That third thing that really stood out was that God raised Jesus from the dead, and I love how you put it, that really raising him up was an awakening. I I like that picture of just roused from his slumber, um, but he, he actually did a lot of a lot of work after he died, right? Mm-hmm. We know that if you you know read those passages in the New Testament, what he was actually battling to conquer sin, death, and the grave on our behalf, mm-hmm. and then God woke him from that, roused him from that death, from that mm-hmm. slumber, from where he was to finish on and fulfill that covenant, and that's that's so powerful. Um, so you'll be saved if you declare that. You will be saved, healed, rescued, delivered, protected. I I love those pictures and that imagery that you really drew out of that passage. Um, So verse 9 really starts with that confession of our mouths and the belief in our hearts, but then when you kind of flip and go to the end of verse 10, it really starts with the heart, but then when you look at where it goes, it's with your heart that you believe. Everything in us wants to believe in Jesus, right? Uh, Without without any doubt, we want to trust God that He raised Him from the dead. And then we're justified. And I love that you unpacked and explained that a little mm-hmm. bit, the justification. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I hear justified, I think maybe that's just a Justin Bieber fan club. But <laughs> Justin Bieber, it has nothing to do with this, unfortunately. Right, right. But the justification means that all our sins are pardoned. We're forgiven. It's stricken from the record. Uh, I like the way God puts it in other parts, that he throws it as far as the east is from the west. If you can picture this big, expansive distance between where you once were in your sinful condition to now this fully pardoned justified condition Mm -hmm. that God places you in. Uh, And then with your mouth, that you profess your faith. Uh, we, we like to talk over the years that you're, you're putting on your team jersey, right? Yeah. You're, you know, we wear our fan jerseys. You know, just a, a little time ago, we had the Super Bowl again. Um, and so, again, you, you put on that jersey. You're showing that you're committed. You're, you're in this group. You're going to cheer them on. And that's a lot uh, 
this really the same picture that I see with this. Right. The salvation, and that's the, the point that you, you brought in, uh, is more of a salvaging. It's a rescuing right. uh, and bringing to safety. Yes. Um, and I love that because we throw that word around. What does it mean to be saved? What is salvation? You know, it's kind of a churchy word. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about Christianese, mm-hmm. but it's the, we were rescued. Mm-hmm. We were destined for a, a, a destruction, a future filled with destruction, void of God's presence, and we were rescued from that. That's pretty incredible. So I love that that verse 9 starts with confessing of your faith, and then at the end of verse 10, we profess our faith. And so the question I got to ask you, Nicole, is really what's the difference? What's the difference? There is a big difference and a powerful difference, and it's important to know because they're two very different things. To confess is is to declare a thing when asked, Mm. but to profess is to to declare a thing of your own account. Mm. Of your own account. So you have verse 9 where it says that you are confessing. And then you have verse 10 at the end where it says you profess. Mm. Because by the end of verse 10, you've accepted Jesus. Mm-hmm. You, He is supreme above all. He is in you. He is your Lord and Savior, your forgiver, someone you, Jesus who died on the cross, arose from the dead, and he is yours. Mm. And you are his, right? You're wearing that jersey. Mm-hmm. So what's the next step? Then you profess. And again, it says with your mouth. Mm. Over and over it says with your mouth because there's no room to keep it in our head when we're mobilized in Mm -hmm. our faith, right? So here's where we go from belief to mobilized in our faith. Mm. In that scripture, we took a whole journey there (laughs) from just belief to be mobilized. And you you can live out verse 9 and believe with everything in you and still sit immobilized. Mm. with your declaration of faith. Yeah. Just because we accept Jesus doesn't mean that we're now mobilized. Yeah. The next step is then to profess. Verse 10 elevates it to mobilize status when it when it tells us to profess our faith, to talk about it without being asked, to share all you have been given through Jesus, and then to invite others to accept the free gift of salvation. That's what it is. To profess is then to tell others, asked or not, (laughs) (laughs) asked or not, Mm -hmm. but to go give them this gift. Being mobilized in our faith means we just don't keep it to ourselves. Mm. That's That's what it means. That's really good. Uh, I love that. And so again, you know, as I'm listening to you describe this, my mind immediately goes to all the obstacles and challenges that would keep us from doing exactly what you just described. Absolutely. Um, it's exciting, right? You get is. excited and then you're like, oh, but wait. <laughs> yes. Oh, but wait. <laughs> Once the uh, adrenaline subsides, I'm pumped up in the moment, you know, the emotions are high, and then reality sets in, right. real world hits me, and I think, gosh, uh, to confess uh, and to profess being a Christian... Uh, that can be offensive. Yeah, it can I come mean, with some things. There, there's a lot of adversity when you're going to take that on and put that team jersey on, right? Uh, I mean, you just even look at some basic examples. If you just mm-hmm. turn on the news or scroll through social media, you'll see that it's even provocative to talk about the difference between male and female right? and the way God made us and marriage as designed by God between a man and a woman mm-hmm. or the fact that there is some intelligent design and we have a mm-hmm. creator that God created the world. We're not a, a result of this cosmic collision of gases and molecules in the universe right. and faith over fear. Uh, the, the Bible doesn't 
um, tell us that we should just go out and pick whoever we would like for our spouse. We see a lot of examples of people that went that way and it didn't turn out well for us. The, the reality is it says, don't be unequally yoked. That means if you're not a Christian, don't pursue a relationship and don't marry someone that's not a Christian, no matter how hot they might be. It worked out for me because Nicole happens to be hot, but she was also a Christian, so I lucked out. But there are a lot of these things that we have to overcome, and, and we, we, we fight those fears of right. being um, met with resistance or right. being seen as a, a hater or intolerant. Um, but we, we got we to gotta confess and we got to profess. Uh, to confess and profess uh, to being a Christian means that we're an example. We're mm-hmm. a reflection of Jesus. That's what uh, Christian means. It means little Christ. Mm-hmm. It means we're actually, you know, because again, Christ is not his last name. So just so you know that. <laughs> Jesus was his name. Jesus, the Nazarene. But the Christ means the Redeemer, the one who fulfilled the promise, who would come and save. And a Christian means you're following in his image. You're a disciple. You're a little Christ. So your humanity and your sins and everything that you have um you actually need to take on the image of Jesus in your life and our faith it sometimes you know it uh you know it, it can look bad yeah. uh it can make us look bad it uh make, it can make us not popular it uh, can make the church look bad because our sin comes because we do have baggage of sin right correct and so it's hard to live your faith out loud carrying this baggage of sin still of knowing that we will make mistakes and yes. sometimes we're afraid to proclaim Jesus when it's like I know yes I mess up I know I'm still making decisions that don't reflect Christ and so we think well then it's better not to say anything right better we let that fear of failure keep us silent right because um, we don't want to make Christianity or Jesus or ourselves look bad right um, or if we do it right we we don't want to look bad in the eyes of the world. So there's this tension. You yeah. don't want to get censored or canceled, uh, yeah. lose your you know Twitter account or banned from YouTube. That's good. Um, and the the other thing that I think is to confess and profess to being a Christian means that you'll um, you'll have clear and fixed guidelines. Mm. And so this really helps you because in a world that's mm. this postmodern, post-Christian, yes. really postmodern simply means that there's no absolute truth anymore. Right. That's the simplest definition of the right. world that people are trying to convince you that we live in. There's no absolute truth. Mm-hmm. But within Christianity, when you profess and confess that you're a follower of Christ, you have fixed, clear guidelines, rules and commandments to follow. And it, But, you know, if that wasn't scary enough, then we see this in James chapter 4, verse 17, says that, you know, if anyone, then you know the good that you ought to do, and you don't do it, it's sin for you. And that hurts. I mean, that's... Ah, okay. So it's not enough to just not sin. But now if I understand this direction that I need to go in and I don't do that, I'm still sinning. Mm -hmm. I I feel like there's no loophole. God's not giving you an an easy out. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) The, The NLT actually says, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then to not do it. So I love the way those two even contrast and paint that right, picture that right. there's no way out of it. Um, right. When you believe what you believe 
it kind of can sound weird. I, I like to say when a, an unbelieving world will find it unbelievable, the things that we confess and profess, because mm-hmm. they're countercultural. It's not mm-hmm. the way people talk. And a lot of times it's rejected on its face because people squirm away from accountability, from mm-hmm. those guidelines, from mm-hmm. those guardrails, from those commands, if you want to use a heavy word like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it sounds weird. And, you know, of course it does. It's, you know, it's, it's crazy at its, at its core. Right. Um, but there's a longing for Jesus in every single one of us. Mm-hmm. And what sounds weird for some is exactly what others have been waiting to hear mm-hmm. their whole lives, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the, the big thing that we talk about all the time is not to say no for people. There's a little yes. bit of truth in love, right? Uh, if you truly believe that it's too weird to share with them, then go back to Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 and re-examine if you truly are a believer. Because if you're afraid to confess and to profess there might be a missing step somewhere in there, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, you know, all of this is really hard because, um, first of all, we have the enemy who's always speaking lies to us, right? Yes. And he likes to put doubt in our minds and he likes to bring um, all that we have done to us, even though we see that once we accept Jesus, that he pardons all of our sins, wipes mm. it away. But the enemy likes to bring it back to us and, and, Make sure that we're held captive by it. He wants us held captive by our sins, by our past, by our fears, by all of this. Um, but again, if if we truly believe this stuff, then all of our fears don't matter because what's important is what we've learned in that scripture. Mm. If we truly believe that scripture, that when we ask him to forgive us, he forgives us, then we're not worried about how we... Um, portray Jesus because it's not about our sin. It's about his forgiveness. Mm. If we're not, if we're worried about um, following the guidelines that God has set in place, the commandments that he set in place, everything that he's done to protect us, may I add, to (laughs) protect us. And we are afraid that the world might know this stuff. Well, the guideline is we have to accept Jesus to go to heaven anyway. Mm. We're following guidelines anyway. Mm -hmm. And none of these things are ours anyway. We're not proclaiming our own truth, right? Like the world is. We're not. All we're doing is following Jesus and then being a messenger Mm -hmm. of what he has said. Yeah. He, when he died on the cross, you think about him naked, arms outstretched for the world to see. He took on all of it for us. So we wouldn't have to be ashamed of the message. He took that shame on Mm. and said, blame me, Mm. blame me, give it to me. Yeah. This is not you. You are following me and you're proclaiming. And so those fears that we have, those lies that we believe, we just have to silence them and go back to the scripture over and over that so clearly speaks to who Jesus is, mm. what he's done into us and what we believe. Yeah. And if we truly believe that, that's why we say you have to go back to it. Yeah. If you're if any of these things hinder you from sharing Jesus there might be a missing step in there and you should go back to that and mm-hmm. re-examine. And that little bit of uh, truth and love there is so important that I think sometimes it's missing. <laughs> so verses 9 and 10 use very distinct words at the end of each verse that puts into perspective the gain and the cost of our choice to accept Jesus mm. and what we offer when we share him and the opportunity 
and, and what we might rob that person of when we don't. Yeah. See, the scripture, it's not just for us, it's for everyone. And sometimes we take these scriptures and we hang on to them so tight with our fists, hands closed into fists, and really it's supposed to be open to be sharing to others, sharing with others. In the New King James Version, the end of verse 9 says, you will be saved. And we, we already discussed this, healed and to preserve us, to deliver us, to protect us. And the end of verse 10 says, made unto righteousness, mm-hmm. which is safety. And, and like you said, that rescue, that mm-hmm. rescue. So verse 9 is talking about our time here on earth to save us, mm-hmm. to heal us. We won't need healing in heaven, mm-hmm. right? We won't need saving. He, he won't have to deliver us in heaven or protect us. That That's for here on earth. Then the verse, uh, end of verse 10 is talking about eternity, hmm. made unto righteousness. That's that rescuing that he's going to do, yeah. rescuing us from this earth. I, I've been using that word probably for the last month. Hmm. Um, and even before that, my brother passed away last year. One of the words that when I was clear minded and on the other side of that heavy, deep grief was the word rescue, mm. that he rescued him from this earth. And we've had a few friends pass away within the last week. Yeah. And, and the word that just kept coming to mind is he rescued them. Yes. He rescued them. This is not our home. Heaven's our home. And so when he takes us from this place, it's not as a punishment, but as a rescue mission, yes. taking us to perfection. So that's what we see made unto righteousness is to save us, take us to sef- safety, to rescue us. Mm. When we accept Jesus, we also believe that there really is a heaven. Yeah. And there really is a hell. And every single one of us will make a decision here on earth. The only opportunity we have is here on earth while we're breathing. And that decision will seal where we spend eternity when we die. To share it isn't a punishment. (laughs) To share Jesus isn't a special punishment for Christ followers. Are you kidding? It's not a burden to bear. I think you're just destroying the whole ministry philosophy of so many churches out there. It's supposed to hurt, I thought. It's supposed to hurt. It's not. It's not. It is a privilege. Yes. It is an honor. It is throwing the life preserver to someone who's drowning. Mm. It is giving CPR to someone who's choking. Yes. It is giving, um, what do they call it when they do the heart? The Yeah, defibrillator. Yeah, defibrillator. Clear. Clear. It is life-saving. It is eternity-saving. This is not a burden we carry, but a privilege privilege. for us. So every time we hear those lies and those fears and those things that come back to us to say why we shouldn't share Jesus, we just need to see this again and say, you know what? No, this is a privilege that I get to do. This is not a burden for me. And just like so many other things that are privileges in our life or positive, we talk about them, right? I mean, exactly. you find a new restaurant, you're excited to, you know, put it on Yelp or Instagram it or mm-hmm. tweet it or take a picture of that meal and hashtag it. You find a new place for your hair or your nails or yep. a new store or, you know, whatever it might be, a new movie. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. we're quick to proclaim the goodness of something we've discovered. Yes. And we have to be that excited and passionate in our faith. I love what Peter writes and challenges us to in First right. Peter 3.15. 
He, he says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. Because that's what we have. We, we now yes. have hope. We yep. were destined for destruction. Now we have hope and a reason to celebrate. Mm-hmm. He says, but do this with gentleness and respect. So he doesn't say cram it down their throat, right. don't belittle them, make them feel bad. You know, I, I grew up as a pastor's kid, so we, we used to joke about the phrase, turn or burn, right? Turn or burn, hellfire yes. and brimstone. Yes. But that's not what you pull out of this this little gem here of gentleness and respect. Mm-hmm. It's loving people enough to mm-hmm. share something you're passionate about that's changed your life. And right. that's really the whole point of this, but always be prepared. And that's right. what we're trying to do with this mobilized initiative mm-hmm. is to have you assembled and ready for action. Yes. Because if you're caught unawares, you're not fulfilling this challenge that God gave us through Peter mm-hmm. when he said, always be prepared to give an answer. Mm-hmm. If someone asks the question and you just, I don't know, I'm tripping all over my words. I haven't collected my thoughts, James. I don't really know where to go from here then you're not living out the call. You have to confess and profess. Always be prepared to give that answer. So the first and most important thing and that we want to really challenge you with in living mobilized is in your faith. It's understanding that there are 7.9 billion of us, but only 2.5 billion of us are Christians. That's a big gap. That means we have Mm -hmm. a whole lot of professing of our faith to do. And our challenge to you is to join us in that Be confident. Always be prepared to give an answer with gentleness and respect and do some professing. So I'm really excited, and I want to invite you to join us next week for the next episode as we talk about living mobilized in our purpose. Uh, Mm -hmm. Nicole is going to have some great wisdom and insight because most of you know, but she literally wrote the book on it. She has a book, Journey to Purpose, A Journey Worth Taking, and I'm excited to glean some insights from that, some insights from Scripture, and really where God has uh, led us to challenge you to find your God-given purpose so that you can continue to go out and do some more professing to help people turn the tide and help that 2.5 billion number just get a little bit bigger. So thanks for joining us for this episode, and we hope that you'll join us and keep joining us for the continuation of our Mobilized podcast. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Mobilized YouTube page and follow us on social media at mobilized.life on Instagram and at Live Mobilized on Facebook. For more information and ways to connect, visit our website at mobilized.life.